everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I am the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool, as well as its founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and the support that we offer families. Um, this month is a new month, so we're kicking off a new topic. We like to focus on different topics every month because we know that there's content we still don't have, which seems amazing because I think we have like over 800 videos on our YouTube channel and um, hundreds of blogs on our website. But there are areas we haven't touched on yet. And one that we thought we needed some more resources on was cheap and free resources are inexpensive. They sometimes inexpensive doesn't mean that they're cheap. It just means that you don't have to pay for them and they're quality um, educational products. And I'm excited today to kick off this month's topic by talking about the library that's full of very, very good resources. And my guest today is uh, Melissa Brander. Did I say that right? <laughs> um with, from Pocket Homeschool. Welcome, Melissa, and thank you for joining us and um, your willingness to share about um, how we can utilize the library to help with our homeschooling. Thank you so much for having me, Peggy. I'm so excited. I love libraries, and I'm really excited to be talking about them today with you. Yeah, yeah. It, I love when I have guests on that are extremely passionate about what they talk to because I barely have to say anything. <laughs> and you, you can just share, share, share. Um, I know we have some questions we have put together ahead of time, and I see we have viewers already popping on with us. Um, if you um, have a question or comment and you're you're watching. If you had reserved on the link that we sent, just make sure that you um, click out of the Empowered Homeschool website page and on to YouTube, and you can comment on YouTube and we'll be able to see those comments as we're live. Um, if you are watching on our Facebook page, you can comment there as well. If you're watching in our Facebook group, just know that you have to give StreamYard permission to share your name. Um, otherwise, you won't be able to comment from there. Um, you, so you can make a comment, share that permission, or you can just pop over to the, the main um, page, the Sped Homeschool page on Facebook and make comments from there. But we would love you to be part of this conversation. That's why we're live. And, um, and so just um, however you want to, to interact with us, that's great. Maybe you just want to put us on your counter while you're making lunch for your kids and just listen in on the conversation. And I know there's a lot of you that download this podcast and we thank you for doing that on a weekly basis and keeping our podcast listenership up. Um, and and also just um, for, for continuing to support um, what we're doing in helping empower families to home educate um, struggling learners. So, um, so Melissa, as we kick off, I'd love for my audience to get to know you a little better and um, have us just tell or tell us just a little bit about yourself and your homeschooling journey. Um, my name is Melissa, uh, like you said, Peggy, and uh, I have two boys. They're seven and nine, and they've been homeschooled their whole lives. Um, awesome. It was never something that I had really thought about. But mm. then when my kids were first born and my husband and I were talking about it and he was homeschooled for a little while as a oh, child. Okay. And we decided that uh, this is something we want to do. And now like 
I really couldn't imagine doing anything else. Mm. I, I love um, homeschooling. We live in the Midwest, which is mm-hmm. sort of snowy, sort of melty right now. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's just wonderful um, to be able to do life together with our kids and mm. explore the world and all the really neat things that are out there and have those lived and learned experiences together. Yes. Yeah. That That's it. It's if you embrace homeschooling, it can become such a, a wonderful lifestyle. Um, I, I think the people that have the hardest time are those that are trying to keep the lifestyle they had when they had the mindset of public school or private school or they they've moved from that and and they don't really embrace the freedoms and everything that you can get with the homeschooling lifestyle and and so thank you for for stressing that because it is so important um and especially if you you want to do it for the long run because otherwise you're just going to be battling that on a consistent basis and that's no fun (laughs) might as well just give in and dive in and uh, i tend to be that and then i'm the one that's struggling going help (laughs) i jumped in too quick um (laughs) but but we're here for you so (laughs) just know that um so the first question I thought I'd ask you is what percentage of homeschoolers do you even think that utilize library resources to aid their teaching? And why do you think um, the numbers are are where they're at, where you think they're at? So I think it's hard to get a percentage, right? Because nobody's mm-hmm. going around asking how many homeschoolers like, do you use the library or not? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Sometimes the common barrier to library use can just be sometimes location if it's far away or Mm -hmm. if you live um, somewhere where the library is really small. Sometimes those libraries are more limited in their hours and the services that they're able to provide. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like fines can be another barrier um, to library use. thought about that. Um, But Mm -hmm. more libraries are starting to drop their fines, especially for children Hmm. and use materials. Um, Hmm. Of course, every library is a little bit different. So I'm going to be speaking about libraries generally, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to encourage you always to go and check your library out and the specific resources and uh, quirks and personality of your library, because everyone is a little bit different. And that's one of my favorite things about libraries is how unique and special they Hmm. all are in their own ways. Yeah, yeah. We've moved a lot in our homeschooling journey. And, you know, the library was always one of the first things I tapped into. Of course, we're an older homeschool family. So I think libraries were utilized a lot more in my generation of homeschooling than maybe with new families coming in. So I'm really excited for you to be sharing that, you know, and you having younger kids and being of that generation that um, that there are probably even more resources than I had. And, and so just to be able to, to tap into them, to utilize them. But, but even when we moved, I found out when I went to the library, talked to the librarian that my, my options may have been close to the same, but how to get them was very different. And, and so, yeah, so I'm super excited about that. Um, So different ages, different kids, you know, how may utilizing the library for resources look different based on the ages of children a family is homeschooling? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, 
obviously most libraries are divided into sections sort of loosely based on age right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. when you're first starting out just like going to that section that's more in your kids age range is going to be a great way to get started Um, which might seem like common sense but sometimes I know when I'm thinking about starting something like all the things that I need to like fall out of my brain right right yeah that's so true (laughs) But also just uh, thinking about programming, like the different, Mm. probably most people know most libraries have story times for like younger kids, but as they get older, um, there's still often libraries will have a lot of great programming um, Mm. and great options. And so like for elementary age, you can look at the programming they have. Sometimes some libraries will also have dedicated computers for kids. Um, Mm. So that can be an option. Like if you don't have um, computer or internet access easily at your home, you can Mm. be able Mm -hmm. to help teach your kids those computer skills at the library. Um, And as they get older as teenagers, um, there's more opportunities too for leadership roles there. Um, Oftentimes Mm. libraries will have what's called the teen advisory board, which is Mm. a group of teenagers and they can give input on library programs and other things that the library are doing. And so that's a great opportunity to get some leadership experience. Not every Mm. library has this, but it is something that exists and something that you could possibly, even if your library doesn't talk to the youth librarian about starting this. Right. Um, it's a great opportunity, especially sometimes as homeschool kids to be able to have that kind of leadership experience because we don't have mm-hmm. as many access to kind of like the extracurriculars that are in school. So right. having that leadership or even employment, like a lot of times mm-hmm. libraries can employ teenagers. Um, some of them have special summer internships for teenagers yes. or just like uh-huh. regular roles so that um, there's really some opportunities for growth or even just volunteering. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. you get to be an old enough age, you can volunteer at a lot of libraries. And of course, yeah. Yeah. when you're thinking about age groups, also think about yourself, right? The library mm-hmm. has resources for you to learn too and yeah. to keep growing mm-hmm. and homeschooling. A lot of libraries have homeschooling books that you can have access to mm. when you're trying to learn more. And um, they're there as a resource. And right. especially if you're trying to plan something. And like one time I was trying to search for something in the library card catalog. And uh, well, it's a digital catalog. Digital now, now but yes. <laughs> I still call it the card catalog because that's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually I'm pretty good at knowing the keywords, but I couldn't figure out the exact keyword that I needed. I was searching too broad and I was getting Mm. too many results. And I was able to talk to the librarian and they were help me able to help me figure out the keyword to narrow it down so oh, I could find some better results. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a unit on something and you're especially if you're looking for something really specific, you can mm. um, use the librarians as a resource to help you find more information about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what I'm hearing, you know, overall is just really dig in, ask yes. questions um, and find out everything. that the library is offering because a lot of times we just walk in and we see the books but we when we start saying well what what programs are you doing how can we get involved you know that that will get you into a a little deeper (laughs) into that Um, those are some great suggestions I know the internships my son did one and we had a small town and they're like, well, we need some photographs of our, our library to, you know, put yeah. on their internet site. And so they hired him to do the photography yes. and then he ended up interning with them 
over the summer and, you know, learning how to shell books and all of that. But yes, yeah, most librarians are really, especially youth librarians and children's librarians. They're so enthusiastic about Mm -hmm. young people being in the library that if you get to know them, you can really make some great connections and find some Mm -hmm. neat opportunities that might not have thought of otherwise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all really, really good. Um, Because I I think we often, you know, look at businesses as opportunities for our kids to get experiences. But there's there's so much just within the library, like you were talking about, you're talking about leadership and um, and being, you know, just learning job skills and, you know, all these all these things right here. And it's a place maybe that you you're comfortable, your kids are comfortable in. And I know a lot of kids that have learning differences, putting them in a new environment is sometimes hard, but that library maybe is a comfortable place and a good place to start. And thinking about job skills too, some libraries will offer um, programs that are geared towards job seekers. And so like some of them, they can help, some libraries will help you like write resumes and things like Mm -hmm. that. And maybe Mm -hmm. like, especially like if you've been a homeschool parent for a long time and you might not have been in the workforce, like when you're trying to help your teenager write a resume to get a job, it might not be in your skill set. Things might have changed a lot Mm -hmm. since you were in the workplace. So a lot of libraries, um, the librarians have some experience working with those job skills and helping people. So you can also ask them um, to help your teenager or to look for programs that they might be putting on about resume writing or other Mm -hmm. skills like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's some great advice. I love that. So, um, so yeah, at any age that, you know, from, from the littles to the, the story time to the, the young adults looking for, um, job skills, resume, and, you know, even us as parents, I love that, you know, um, and, and, you know, one push I want to give because I'm so big on on mom care that um, yes, find same. a book for yourself. And and a lot of times I even did read out louds with my kids that I wanted to hear. Yes. <laughs> it may have not even fit in the unit, but maybe a little bit. Um, yes. But it's it's care for your soul and and yourself. And that's very important. Yes, I'm very big into mom care, too. And I agree <laughs> that the library can be a great place for that. Even just going mm-hmm. Uh, to like a program that's something fun for you, you know, it might just be like an hour or or whatever, but you can Mm. go, somebody else has set everything up already for you. You (laughs) can just go and enjoy uh, some time doing something that Mm -hmm. works your brain and your other skills in a different way. Yes. Yeah. So, so important. Yeah. Yeah. So in talking about this, you know, there's so many, but what are your favorite library resources to use and for homeschooling maybe specifically and, and why? I think, um, so this is going to be heavily library dependent, right? Every library looks different. Mm -hmm. I mean, books are obviously like, we love getting books from the library. It (laughs) expands. Like I don't have an unlimited book budget. You probably don't have an unlimited (laughs) book budget. So it expands and brings in so many more um, books than we could ever have gotten Mm. on our own. Mm -hmm. And um, so many libraries now have special collections that aren't books. Um, So Mm -hmm. some libraries are starting to build board game collections. For example, we have Mm -hmm. a couple of libraries near us that have board game collections. Those are great to add some games into our homeschooling and to work on different yeah. skills. Uh, some libraries are starting to have collections of STEM kits, which are like STEM mm-hmm. experiments all mm-hmm. in a kit. You can check it out. They have all the pieces you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
some libraries even are starting to get other bigger equipment. Like one, I know there's a library near us where you can check out a keyboard. There's one where you can check out a sewing machine. So libraries are, there's not every library, of course, it's Mm -hmm. heavily dependent on what they have the funding to access. Right. But many libraries are starting to move their collections beyond just books. And so Mm. there is Hmm. so many things that we can access uh, that, you know, especially when you're trying to work on a limited budget, you know, especially like thinking about some of those things like board games or sewing machine or whatever, like those Mm -hmm. can really add up. So being able Mm -hmm. to get them from the library can really add an extra dimension. And uh, so it's really neat seeing all the different little special collections that libraries Mm -hmm. have. And if you're part of a a lot of libraries, not all of them, but a lot of them are part of a bigger system. So for example, Mm. my library is just small. It doesn't have any special collections, but because it's connected to these other libraries, I have access to the special connections, special collections of those libraries. And Mm -hmm. they're really, uh, really unique. One of them even has a cake pan um, that you can check out, different cake pans you can check out. And um, more libraries are also starting to get passes that you can check out like to museums or zoos and this Uh is such a great way to visit places on a budget um, Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. can check out the pass and go and it acts just as if it was your own pass Mm -hmm. and so um, if you are wanting to add in more field trips but you're feeling limited by budget constraints Mm -hmm. check to see if your library has any passes available to you Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that the things that yes. can be added um, there. I, I know I remember when those passes first came out yes. and we, it was a long time ago and it was like, oh, really? We can actually go and, you know, yes. here and there and it's not going to cost me anything. I just have to make sure I, I reserve it. Um, yes. But I think also um, to let parents know if there's something your library doesn't have, yes. they consider their budget every year. And if you request it, more than likely, they're going to put it in their collection or add something yes. because they know that the community is asking for it. Yes. Um, so so don't feel like I just get what I get, but be yes. part of that process. Sometimes I've put on books hold from other branches and they'll come in and the librarians will see them and be like, oh, this is such a cool book. And then mm. in, like two months later, it'll be at our branch. They'll <laughs> order a copy of it for our branch. Wow. Yeah. I just got it. And also to be on your, your email list or newsletter list for your library, because when these things come out, you're going to be the first to know about it. Yes. I know I just got an announcement from our library. They're now renting out hotspots and yes. tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody to check out, especially people that don't have a secure internet um, yes. service. So, um, and also your libraries, awesome. some libraries are now active on social media too. That's another way. If you follow oh, your yeah. library on social media, uh-huh. sometimes they'll be posting pictures of new books or program mm. announcements or things like that. So yeah, along with the email list, the social media can be, if your library uses it, some libraries use it more than other libraries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just whatever, however they, um, you know, and maybe even ask the librarian, how would I find out quickest (laughs) what's what's new and and what's happening at the library? And they would be able to tell you. And that's uh, another thing. Um, (laughs) When you're at the library, keep your eyes open for flyers. Because that oftentimes how I find out about programs is they have flyers, they have handouts that you can Mm -hmm. take, they have newsletters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, their print copies, like our library publishes all the uh, programs for like the next three months in a print copy. So I can like look mm-hmm. through and see that. And some libraries have community bulletin boards where um, oh, other yeah. programs and things that might be happening in your community that would be good and educational for mm-hmm. your kids. Mm-hmm. So I always, when I go in our library, there's always the bulletin board and I always have to check it out first and see everything that's happening. Right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it's a good way to get involved in your community. Yes. And, and also just to take advantage of other things that are going on very close. Yes. Not to travel too far too. So that's, that's great. Um, and um, so that kind of builds in to um, my next question. Um, you know, what are some resources that are, that I guess we kind of talked a little bit, but a lot of families, you know, don't know about a lot of things we talked about. Is there anything else that um, that we haven't covered that families may not think about? Oh, I can get this at the library. <laughs> um, I don't, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, oh, a lot of uh, libraries will offer printing services for a really nominal fee, like five really? cents or 10 cents. Hmm. Yeah. And so um, I know not everyone has a printer. If you see something and you think it would be beneficial in your homeschool and you want to print it, the library may have an ability to uh, print it for you. And usually hmm. at most libraries, it's not free, but it is so much cheaper than uh, what you would find like if you went to a commercial printing place because the libraries are really just trying to do it at cost. They're not trying mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. a profit off of it. And some of right. them uh, even have the ability to print in color if you only have like a black and white printer or anything. So that's another um, resource you might be able to use. Hmm. There's an interesting question uh, from one of our YouTube members, um, our viewers. Um, she said, in the state of Maine, we have to document library skills. That must be one of their required subjects. Yeah. Um, she said, I'm very new to homeschooling. How have other parents shown evidence of this skill? That is a very interesting question uh, indeed. And I would say So we don't have to document this in my state, but if I lived in a state where I had to document it, I would um, start, first of all, by teaching my kids how to use um, a, uh, I'm going to say card catalog, but I mean the digital equivalent of the card catalog Mm -hmm. and um, showing them how to do searches and maybe coming up with um, maybe like you know, in terms of documenting, you could come up with like a little sort of worksheet and say like, you know, search for this subject and write down the titles and call numbers Mm -hmm. um, of that book, because the call numbers are an important part of library skills and like Mm -hmm. being able to find them. And so you could have that first as the documentation, like you search this subject, like say, I don't know, was the first thing that came to my mind was George Washington. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but say they looked for, for books on George Washington, show them how to use the card catalog, show them where in the card catalog they can find the call number, have mm-hmm. them write down the title and the call number, and then take them to the library and show them how to use that call number. And mm-hmm. so um, that would that would be um, probably where I would start with that. Um, it's, it's really like a basic form of researching skills because, you know, when you type in like Mm -hmm. George Washington, you're going to get like a lot of results and not all Mm -hmm. of those results are going to be relevant. Like some of those books are going to be for adults. So like helping Mm -hmm. your kids figure out, um, look, see if you can 
like in a lot of digital catalogs, you can refine by age. So you can look at just the kids' yes. researches. You can uh-huh. narrow it down to just the resources from a certain branch. So mm-hmm. starting there and showing them how that works, I think would be a big step um, mm-hmm. towards uh those library skills. And like, if you have to document it, getting something on paper that can show like, okay, they searched this and they found this. Mm -hmm. And another thing I would say is, um, you know, go into your library, talk to your librarian and say, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a homeschool requirement. And um, how can I best teach this to my kids? They may have Mm -hmm. other homeschoolers who have asked that question and they Mm -hmm. may be able to help you or have some idea of how you can best document it or work with you. Like like librarians are often some of the best people, they're just so willing to help you Mm, out and help you figure this out. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think I would start with documenting that. And Mm -hmm. I think um, to to take the next steps, talk to your librarian and see what they would suggest. Because you're probably not the first person to ask this, especially if it's especially not a requirement. State requirement. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. More than likely they know of a resource that's already been made or they yes. created one um, yes. within the state that they can share with you. So yeah. So it's not worth recreating the wheel <laughs> yeah. and um, going out and looking. And you can even try connecting with um, the, the homeschoolers of Maine. I know there's a homeschool association there and they may actually have a curriculum themselves because it is a unique subject. It's not one that's required in most states. So um, that that would be a place to start, because I know here in Texas, we have Texas history is required as one of our um, things that we teach. And so the Texas Homeschool Coalition actually has created a curriculum for us in Texas to make it easier. Yes, state so, homeschool yes. organizations are a great resource, especially for really like unique uh, mm-hmm. functions of of homeschool law that are unique to your state. Like no other state yes. has a Texas history required. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be kind of weird. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, earlier you were talking about the communication board and, you know, finding things in your um, community that were going on. How else can homeschoolers use the library to build their homeschooling community and just the population that supports their yes. efforts? Well, I would say some some libraries even have programs that are specifically for homeschools mm-hmm. where they're during the day, like homeschool book clubs or yeah. other homeschool programs and they're during the day. So they're pre- they're not limited to homeschool kids. I mean, if another mm-hmm. kid comes, they're not going to say no, but because yeah, but they're the usually in the middle of the of day. Them, yes. Right. <laughs> so it's mostly homeschoolers that come, that can be a way to meet new homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Uh, another time is a lot of libraries. If they have the space, will have some kind of community room or meeting room. Mm-hmm. And often if you live there, you can rent that room for free or really cheap if you're mm-hmm. if you're thinking of a place to get together especially oh, like yes. if you live somewhere where uh you know like me I live in the midwest it's cold and snowy here a lot of the year mm-hmm. and like we do a lot outside in the winter but also sometimes it's nice to have an indoor place yes. where you can meet with other homeschoolers mm-hmm. and so uh finding that uh it can be hard to find as a homeschooler to find affordable spaces to get together with other homeschoolers Mm -hmm. that are indoors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So check your library and see if they have spaces Mm -hmm. that you can rent for free or um, sometimes a really nominal fee. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll only be free if you live within that library service area. But um, Mm -hmm. it just depends on your library and what they have available to you. But that can be a good place to uh, meet with Mm -hmm. other homeschoolers. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's some great advice. And and then just getting plugged into all those yes. different activities. And um, I know there would be cultural days that are, we yes. would go to and these things that we wouldn't have normally gone to, but they were free, you know, they were supported yes. by the library. So why not? Let's just show up and see what it's like, you know, um, and it, yeah. it was really good experiences. Yeah, when uh, my kids were little, um, they brought in a Korean drumming instructor. Oh, and wow. I remember that like really specifically because I studied abroad uh, in Korea when I was in college. So being able to show my kids and teach them that Korean drumming because um, the instructor was really wonderful and she had the little hand drums for all of them. Oh. Um and so being able to share that with my kids, this experience that I had, mm -hmm. had in another country and being able to share it with them at home yeah. was really, really special to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can just dive into to all of those those different things. Um, there's an, one of our YouTube viewers said that um, their library had a homeschool event about black illustrators for Black History Month. Yeah. And so they're going to focus on, you know, resources of the library, but but they do focus on different um, like monthly or yearly topics. And then she said they also started a, a homeschool meetup days in their teen room. So yeah, yeah another like thing that, about. yeah, some libraries will also often uh, sometimes bring in authors too. And um, oh, yeah. like, especially if it is uh, an author of a book that you have read, or if you mm. see that the author is coming, you can read the book with your kids. I mean, they mm. bring in uh, adult authors, but they also will bring in children's authors sometimes mm. too. Or even uh, with the pandemic, a lot of libraries have done virtual programming. So we've had the oh, opportunity yeah. to sort of watch and see like, oh, our favorite author is going to be doing a virtual program at this library that's mm. really far away from us. And we couldn't ever actually go, but because it's right. virtual, we can go see it. And my kids mm. actually really love attending those book talks and getting to hear from their favorite authors. They, they yeah. think it's a really cool and such a neat experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it kind of makes the book even become more yes. real because the, the person whose mind it came from is right there. Yes. And, and, you know, you, you can get, hear the story behind the story yes. and, and the characters and, and maybe even somebody in their life that influenced that character and, and, um, and get your kids thinking about, oh, this is how stories are developed instead yes. of just, you know, they, they come out of the air and this person just put it on paper. It's, you know, <laughs> writing yes. is, is a very difficult task. And, um, to, to meet people who have labored through that and yes. who love it and have a passion for it to share it with your children. Yes, we were able to attend one a couple of months ago with Bob Shea and he's like, I'm going to teach you all how to be an illustrator. And he's like, this is how you draw this character and this is how you draw this mm, character. Oh, that's cool. And my kids just really loved that. It was so mm. exciting for them. Like yeah. kids, kids, people who write for kids generally have such like a great energy uh -huh. about them. And they can, <laughs> yeah. even when my kids, they're like, oh, I don't know, they're feeling like kind of crabby or whatever. Mm -hmm. By the end of it, they're like really excited and pumped up about it. And they got to see uh, a really cool creative work at process. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just the end result there yeah. and become part of it. And, yes. you know, and we, we live in a society and our, our kids want to experience things and, yes. and try things out. And it's a safe environment to do that. You know, it's like, oh, it's, we're only going for an hour. <laughs> and so let's just have fun doing that. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what about curriculum? How can we use libraries to build our curriculum? That is, well, first of all, a lot of the like literature-based curriculums, a lot of times Mm. you can find the books for them at the library. And um, especially with the pandemic, uh, I've noticed that since the pandemic, a lot of libraries have been bringing in more homeschool resources and like learn at home resources and like uh, guidebooks for parents. I know I don't have access to one of these, but I have heard of libraries that have uh, curriculum that you can check out. Um, And so Hmm. it's really all about knowing your library. And also a lot of times libraries to help fund their library programs will have book sales. And um, especially Mm -hmm. if you're using a literature based curriculum that has a lot Mm -hmm. of older books that might be going out of print. Um, looking at the book sales that the library has, because most of the times they're very reasonably priced Mm -hmm. um, and you can add those books to your collection uh, for not a large uh, fee. And Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, libraries will have access to manipulatives you can check out. I know Mm -hmm. there's a couple of different um, math manipulatives that I can check out at one of the libraries um, where my library card works. So, um, looking at the different resources and just thinking sort of uh, creatively about it. And of course, if you're using um, a unit study or an interest-based learning approach, they're going to be really great for just going really deep into subjects, you know, because you might only be doing a unit study for like two or three weeks and you don't want (laughs) to maybe own like 30 books on apples for the rest of your life, but you could check out like 30 books on apples from the library. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We did unit studies and I owned a lot of books on, on various things. And yeah, the library was, ended up being a, uh, something I morphed to that because <laughs> yes. there was just too many books and yes. you just couldn't keep keep them all. Um, yeah. And just even supplementing. Um, yes. Do you do like read out louds and, and things like that? And how do you pick those for your kids? Um, we read aloud every day, basically most days, twice a day, sometimes just once a day. If if we're having a really busy day, it's a really mm-hmm. big part of our homeschool. And I have no particular rhyme or reason for picking our read alouds. I just <laughs> I just look for what's good. I listen mm. to other homeschool parents, what they're saying, what's good. Sometimes mm-hmm. there will be like an event coming up, um, like we'll be doing a book club with our co-op. And so that'll sort of guide my decisions too. Or mm-hmm. um, if I'm looking at some curriculum or a unit study and, and thinking about what books would be good to fit with that mm-hmm. and just uh, keeping my eyes open, like especially a lot of libraries, the librarians will put up like seasonal displays where they'll pull out oh, like yeah. some books uh-huh. like on winter or whatever mm-hmm. um, time of year it is. Like, you know, someone mentioned about Black History Month. And so our library mm-hmm. recently had a whole bunch of books. Those books were always there, but sometimes like right. when they displayed, they're mm-hmm. easier to see and find. 
So yeah. um, mm-hmm. just sometimes looking for what catches my eye or a lot of libraries will put their new books in a specific section. So mm-hmm. looking over there and seeing what what looks oh, new yeah. and exciting yeah. or mm-hmm. sometimes if there is um, like a sequel to a book that we've read before that's relatively recent and I check the hmm. new bookshelf and I see, oh, like the next one yes. in the series came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just it just sort of grows organically out of what we are already doing and there's I don't have a specific method uh, like as long as you're reading yes it's it's yeah. good so mm-hmm. it's it's like not everything that we read has to be um incredibly educational all the time because even just right. reading the fun stuff is so good for your brain even reading mm. the silly goofy books like my kids love the book with no pictures which is um just this hilarious picture book well it's not a picture book because there's mm. no pictures but the words are really funny and it talks about how like you know and grown-ups are reading a book out loud and they just have to say whatever is on the next page and then there'll be like ridiculous silly words on the next That's page funny. and my kids think it's like there's not really any educational value to that mm-hmm. book but there's value in spending that time reading together yes, thinking about yes. the funny ways Mm -hmm. that language sounds and laughing together. So Mm -hmm. there's really, there are no bad decisions when it comes to reading Mm -hmm. out loud. If there's Mm -hmm. something that's inappropriate for your family, then of course, avoid it, avoid like things that are too old for your kids or sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, like your kids might not have the attention span for a longer read aloud until they Mm -hmm. grow a little bit older Or, you know, you can do different things while they read aloud. You can like give them something to color or something small to do with their hands while they read aloud. Mm -hmm. And so um, just you'll figure out sort of which books you like in your homeschool, which ones your family likes, which ones Mm -hmm. are your the ones that make your kids eyes light up. Like as you keep reading to them, you'll figure out what kind of books really excites your kids. Like one Mm -hmm. of my kids loves to read longer chapter books and one of my Mm -hmm. kids uh he doesn't really care for those. So I try hmm. to do a mix of what we read aloud so that it's not oh, always uh-huh. somebody's, it's not always the same person's favorites, but we kind of get the, get enough for everybody to stay happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you go to the library, I, this is, I was thinking about this as you were, you were sharing, um, you know, what, what do you tell your kids when you go? I mean, do you, do you kind of just say, just pick out some books or do you give them a limit or <laughs> how um, does that work? <laughs> so I used to give my kids a limit. When they're older now, I don't give them so much of a limit. They know that the library card has a built-in limit and yes. will only let them check out so many books. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, mostly I just say, you know, what do you want to check out? And then I just like look at it briefly and see like, oh, that's probably... It's probably fine, um, especially as they get a little bit older, giving them more independence to pick out their books. Like when mm-hmm. when they were little, I picked out most of their books. But as right. they get older, giving them more independence to explore. And mm-hmm. especially with my older son, something we do sometimes is we, I don't necessarily always read a book out loud, but sometimes we'll both read the same book. Like I'll read it first oh, and then I'll yeah. give it to him to mm-hmm. read it. And that's really fun because then we've both read it and we both have our own ideas and we can talk about it together. Mm. And so just kind of like exploring together. And uh, after a while, if you go to the library and you're friendly to people, people will um, 
like they'll start to know you, right? And right, like the librarian, yeah. mm-hmm. I always encourage my kids if they don't know um, how to find a book to go ask the librarian because oh, yeah. I could help them find that book, but I want them to get used to the process of asking the librarian and understanding yes. that the librarian can help them for their needs. Because, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. it's like, I know how to use the catalog and I could find that for them, mm-hmm. but I want them to know how to talk to the librarian. And yeah. so after a while, you know, they get to know the librarian, the librarian starts to know, um, what mm-hmm. things they like or they're interested in. Yes. And then like after a while, you know, the librarian will be like, Hey, you know, we got this new book in and I think you guys uh-huh. would like it. And so um, don't dismiss like the value of um, those, like, uh, I don't know the right word for it, but like those casual relationships that mm-hmm. you can have with people and learning how to interact with adults and how to ask questions of adults mm-hmm. and, um, how to find what you need without necessarily um, me just finding what they need, helping them to have right. the tools to find what they need mm-hmm. and um, using the catalog on their own as they get bigger and yeah. different things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. And like you said, it's a safe environment and yeah. and that, that librarian wants to help. And yes. so what, what better person to ask than yeah. somebody who's ready? And that's what they get paid to do. Yes. Um, so added on to that, um, what are maybe some things that we as parents don't realize we can ask our librarians to help us with in our homeschooling? Um. Probably anything that you can think of, you can <laughs> ask a librarian um, and stuff for uh, your personal life too. You know, I was going um, through a tricky situation personally, and um, I was able to ask the librarian to help me find some books on that subject um, mm. to help me get through it. So, you know, if you are like, if there's a problem that you're having with your kids or if your kid mm. is Uh, diagnosed with a medical condition that you don't know a lot about, um, you can ask your librarian to help you find resources Mm, for mm -hmm. that. Um, And I feel like we've talked a lot about uh, the homeschooling resources and the things Mm -hmm. you can ask your librarian to find homeschooling, but there's so much more. Um, Maybe it's just the way I always grew up in libraries. So I always knew like, Mm -hmm. you know, if I didn't know something, I could find it in a book. Right. So sort of just carried that over into my adult life. When I Mm. have questions about something, asking librarians or looking up in the catalog so I can Mm -hmm. learn more about it too. And just, um, I, I can't think if there's something else, but you know, it never hurts to ask. Like even right. if say you're looking for a specific book and you don't see it in the mm-hmm. catalog, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times libraries can do something that's called interlibrary loan. It's yes. a little bit different mm-hmm. than yep. um, like usually most libraries that are connected to other libraries. They move books in between those libraries all the time, right? You put books on hold and it can come from another library. Um, but mm-hmm. interlibrary loan is where librarians can talk to libraries outside of the libraries they're mm-hmm. connected to mm-hmm. and get a book uh, and bring it in for you. So if there is something you can't yeah. find, yeah. you can mm-hmm. always talk to the librarian. They can see if there is another way that they can bring that resource in there for you. If they can send it yeah. from another library yeah. mm-hmm. that's farther outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just Whenever you have a question about a resource, if you can't find what you're looking for, if you think that the library doesn't have the resource, but maybe they could get it for you, um, those are definitely things that you can talk to a librarian about. 
Yeah, I know like Interloan Library um, resources, they can sometimes access resources from colleges, universities, medical um, libraries, law libraries um, that that you can sometimes you have to like read them in the library. They won't let them you check them out, but at least you still have access to them for some unique things that maybe you just need quick resources on or If your student's doing a really complicated, you know, in-depth study of something, um, your your librarian can help them with that research. Yes, too. a lot of times, um, this is another thing that I almost forgot about, is that um, online databases, da- da- ah, databases, mm-hmm. a lot of times libraries have access to online li- databases, like some mm-hmm. libraries have access to uh Mango Languages, which is a language learning program. Mm-hmm. Um, some libraries have access to Ancestry.com, which um, oh, if you're doing a, yeah. like a family history mm-hmm. project, there are so many databases that um, libraries have access to. Sometimes you do have to use them in the library, but a lot of them you can mm-hmm. put in your library card number and use them from okay. home. Hmm. And so those databases and different ones, we even, like for example, my library even has access to something called Gale Courses, where there are these different hmm. little courses that you can take. Um, some of them are like about business, but there's also other ones too. Hmm. Um, and so there's a way for you to learn, but also for an older student who might be ready to test out a sort of like self-driven course environment in like a low yeah. risk. Yes, uh, exactly. Like, See mm-hmm. if you can do a course and be self-driven and self-paced before you pay money to do a course. <laughs> Lots of money be, for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, e-resources. Mm-hmm. So many libraries mm-hmm. nowadays have access to e-resources, audiobooks. We mm-hmm. listen to a lot of audiobooks from the library, um, even movies, TV shows, documentaries. It all depends on what your library has, but those libraries mm-hmm. are being built and existing. And um, there's also sometimes, too, another option that's great for kids that I didn't think about before, but I just <laughs> remembered is uh, sometimes libraries will have access to these things called playaways which are basically Hmm. like a tiny self-contained MP3 player. And it only has Hmm. one book on it, one audio book, but then you can put in your own headphones and listen to the audio book that's on there and you can check them out. So it's like, if you don't have a CD player or something else that you can play, you can check out audio books that way. So some libraries will have collections of those um, Mm. that they're Hmm. like, little portable mp3 players but they only play whatever audiobook are is those on them. usable in a car at all have um, you tried that i have not tried using them in the car i think you could do it if you had the right kind of cable to connect right. mm-hmm. to it but i'm not sure what exactly what kind of cable okay. that you would yeah. use yeah Mostly that was one of the, the greatest resources from the library that we so enjoyed because we would travel a lot during the summer and we would rent movies yes. <laughs> for the, for a trip and rent audiobooks. And, you know, that's that's how we made it across the country with our children in the back. Yes. <laughs> if you are used to hooking your phone into your car, like I can, my car has Bluetooth, I can hook my mm-hmm. phone in. And if I check out um, an, a virt- uh, digital audiobook from the library, I can usually play that through my car speaker on the okay. Bluetooth. But yeah. I've never tried with the playaways specifically. Right. Mm-hmm. But that gives you lots of good options yes. for, for other other things. Yeah. That just um, go to your library and yeah. see what's there. <laughs> see what's right. there. And um, yeah. if your library is connected to other libraries in a system, like mm-hmm. I, ninety nine percent of the time, I always go to our home library. But I have visited. Mm-hmm 
all of the libraries that are in the system at least once just huh. to see what they have yeah. there, just uh-huh. to know what's there. What mm. like some libraries have play spaces for kids and um, some of that you can find by looking in the catalog, but there's yeah. more you can find by being there and looking and mm. seeing like what mm-hmm. special collections they have and um, everything like that. So I, it could, it could even be like a fun summer activity to do. Like, yeah, you know, we're yeah. going to do a library tour and visit all the different libraries and mm, see what they're each mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's air conditioned too, usually. Yes. <laughs> it's a good summer activity. <laughs> it's a great place for when it's raining too, you know. If, if the oh, weather yeah. is gross, but you still want to get outside of the house, the library mm-hmm. can be a really great option for that. Because it's free to go to the library and it isn't always free to go to a museum or any of those other places where you might go when it is raining or the weather is gross. Like you can play outside when it's Mm -hmm. rain, but sometimes, you know, you just want to be inside where it's dry. And so exactly talking about homeschooling on the cheap. It's a free place where you can go and like anytime they're open and Mm -hmm. they're not going to... They're not going to be like, no, you can't be here unless you like really do something horrendous. Right. <laughs> um, which reminds me of something that is good to mention is that some libraries um, have policies about uh, unaccompanied kids during school time hours. Oh, that's good. So as your kids yeah. get mm-hmm. older, and if you want them to be able to go to the library and library by themselves, but your library has a policy like that, I would just encourage you to talk to librarians, you know, explain mm-hmm. like, this is my kid, they're homeschooled, like they might need you to sign something or something like that, because mm-hmm. they have, some of them will have policies that say like, kids by themselves can't be in the library during school hours, because they should mm-hmm. be in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you talk to the librarians, and they know and understand mm-hmm. your situation, right. usually they're able to work something out with you. Mm-hmm. But as your kids get older, that might be something that you run into. Like, right. I know yeah, that I, I was in that. the library by myself a lot as like a 12, 13, 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, I would bike to the library, my parents let me bike to the library, yeah. or sometimes I would take the bus to the faraway big library, which was Uh, exciting. It was like 15 (laughs) minutes from my house, but it was too far for me to bike. So like Uh taking the bus there, my, um, my library growing up had a program where on like Wednesdays, if you showed your library card for free, you could ride the bus for free to the library. Um, so, so I would ride the bus to the library as like a a teenager. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that is something to be aware of that sometimes libraries have policies like that. And I would just encourage you to talk to your library. If you're going thinking about, um, having your kid go there during the day by themselves Mm -hmm. that you would talk to them and um, see if an exception can be made or if um, Mm -hmm. anything can Mm -hmm. happen like that. Um, Not all libraries do, but some do. So I thought it might be a good thing to mention. Yes, that that is good to mention because, yeah, they it it I think it depends on more so like your your state truancy laws um, that affect the the laws that the library or the rules that the library has to set. Um, But but they probably do have some sort of waiver to work around that for homeschoolers, especially now that so many people are homeschooling. And so just ask. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to that. Ask, 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 (laughs) doesn't it? (laughs) So many times like the resources are there, but like asking about it. I remember like in one I was visiting a library I'd never been to last summer and I ended up talking with the librarian and she opens this drawer and she shows me like, we have these little Lego kits you can check out and you check out 
the Legos and you build with the Legos and then you bring it back and we put the little built Legos in the display case. Um, ah. and, and I would have never known, right. Because they were in the librarian's drawer. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't see them. Right. But mm-hmm. because I had talked to her, I knew that that was a thing that existed. Mm-hmm. And so right. just, I can't emphasize enough, like talking to your librarians, most of them want mm. to help. They want, um, they want to help connect you with this resources. Like a lot of librarians spend a lot of time planning yes. these things uh-huh. and thinking about the things that would best benefit the community that they mm-hmm. serve. So talking to them, like it's, it's going to be so wonderful. And especially yeah. now um, with the pandemic, so many libraries have gotten creative um, mm, in place yeah. of like regular programming. Some of them have put together, like take and make kits that have a project mm. you can do at home. Mm. And so just uh, asking and finding out what your resources are. We've done, our library has mm. put together some of those kits and we've done some really neat projects like we had one where we made a homemade squirt gun and they put together everything that we needed yeah so librarians are really creative and they create all these resources and they don't Mm -hmm. like create them for them to sit there right they want people to be using them Mm -hmm. so talking to your librarians can help you tap into the resources that might not be as obvious as the books right you walk in and you see the books they're Mm -hmm. right there and so asking about what other things they might have is mm-hmm. really a way to open up and see what else is there. And usually if you just yeah. say, you know, I homeschool and I'm wondering what are some other resources yes, um, exactly. that the library has, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll just open up and tell you all sorts of things that you never might've seen mm-hmm. on your own. Yeah. And even just share with them, you know, be, be real. The, these are the areas that I really struggle to find resources yes. to, um, to, you know, to, that I can afford and what, how can the library, you know, help me in my efforts to, to give my children the best education that I can. Um, and they're going to want to help you. So, so definitely you just, again, ask. Yes. So this has been such an amazing conversation, Melissa. I'm so excited about everything you shared. And I can tell you're extremely passionate about libraries. So you were like the perfect guest for this. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, Such a kind thing to say. Oh, well, it, it's it's been it's been a joy just listening to you and all that you you have to share. Um, so Melissa also has a blog and I want yes. you to talk a little bit about that so our viewers can connect with you there as well. If they find that some of your resources could be helpful to them as as well with their homeschooling. Yes, I run uh, pockethomeschool.com uh, and I just really want to connect you to the all the different homeschooling resources that are out there. I want homeschooling to be something that is joyful for your family and not something mm. that is just like, I don't want you to wake up dreading every day and feeling <laughs> like I hate homeschooling. Like mm. I want to help you find the best resources for your family. Um, you can connect with me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest, all with the name uh, Pocket Homeschool. But the very best way to connect with me is my email newsletter, um, mm. because uh, I have kind of a little special thing that I do with my email newsletter. I call it Five for Friday. And mm. every Friday, I send out five things that you can use in your homeschool. Um, book cool. recommendations, uh-huh. game recommendations, YouTube videos, unit mm. studies, different things like sometimes sales that are going on with different homeschool curriculum. And so it's yeah. kind of like every week is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I keep it 
under 500 words most weeks. So it's fast and easy <laughs> for you great. to read. Yes. And a lot of the resources, the book recommendations and stuff that I mentioned uh, can be found at your library. And so mm. it's a great way to connect with me. And um, I try to make it fun there. And so that's, yeah. if you like what yeah. I'm saying and you you want this kind of energy and excitement about mm-hmm. homeschooling in your life, um, I just encourage you to look me out and connect with me. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's pockethomeschool.com is um, where you can, and I'm sure that they can subscribe once they get to your, yes. your website and, and yes. probably on your social media too, and yep. um, find a way to do that. Awesome. And if you well, really get stuck, you can always message me on social media and I can send a link right to you. I usually awesome. have some freebie that I'm offering for subscribing. It changes, but right now it's a weather journal. But if you're mm. listening to this six months from now, it'll be something new and different and exciting. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if you're listening to this today, uh, you could go right to my website, get a free weather journal and an awesome email newsletter with awesome Very things cool. you can use in your homeschool. Yeah, well, thank you for the support that you offer homeschooling families. It's it's so important that there's people like you that are passionate, that um, that just you give that encouragement and that urge um, for people to just keep continuing on. Because I know parents in, in our in our community sometimes the days are really hard, yes. and um, to have somebody come alongside you and say you can do it. I've got this resource, and um, here's you know something something extra to just just keep you going. That's um, that's what what they need. So yes, I, so thank, thank you, you so much. much for having me, Peggy. It's been yeah. it's been such a delight to talk to you about. Like I said, I love libraries. I gr- I practically grew up in a library. Uh, <laughs> you weren't and- born in a library. <laughs> Sometimes people wonder, I do have a lot of books here and they're like, why do you even need a library? You have so many books. I'm like, listen, this is only like one one thousandth of all the books that are in the world. I need the library. Yes. <laughs> Either that or you need a really big budget. Yes. And I don't have that. So yes. that's awesome. Yes. And, you know, it's a resource that we all pay for. And so why yes. don't we use it? It's it's making me think I need to get to the library. I haven't been there in a long time. So, um, so yeah, it's always got something for all people. Like even, even if there's problems that you are having in your family, I know like one of the libraries in our area has like dementia kits, which are designed to help Mm. you if you have a loved one who has dementia or Alzheimer's. So never discount the possibility that if there's something you need help with, your library might have a resource for you. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, we we tend to look inwards and say, oh, there's just just nothing. But um, start by asking and library is a great place to start. Yes. Well, thank you again. just for, for sharing and, um, and for, for all the wisdom that, that you have accumulated over the years, Melissa, um, I appreciate you pouring them out over this last hour. Um, it has just been a joy to listen to you and inspiring as well. Um, that, um, you, I mean, you're just starting your homeschool journey. You've got so much ahead of you and your, your kids, um, have a very good homeschool mom. (laughs) Thank you. Don't make me cry. I don't want to cry. 
Well, and I just want to thank our audience. You know, you are investing time into your homeschool too, just by listening to this podcast or watching our, our videos. And I just, I, I thank you for joining us on a weekly basis and, and knowing that you need the encouragement, that you need these resources. And that's what we're here for. Um, Sped Homeschool was birthed because I didn't have resources like this. And I knew that if parents had resources, this was going to be a more viable solution for them to homeschool a struggling learner. And so there's where that homeschool birth from. And, um, and so we are passionate about helping you and about getting you connected with people like Melissa, because we know that um, when you do that, that it, it brings better results for you as a parent and for your children um, in their educational um, outcomes as well. So, so thank you for being part of our community. And I just want to also thank all of our sponsors. Um, SPED Homeschool is actually funded mostly by the curriculum therapists, consultants, um, and people that are listed on our website. So I encourage you to check out their resources. They have amazing resources that um, that you can tap into just like Melissa's and, um, and utilize. And they are passionate about helping you get started. I know because I interview every single company that is on our website and I have a relationship with them and make sure that they, they do what they do because they want to help you, not just because they're in it for the money. <laughs> and uh, most of them will gladly take a phone call and email from me you and and help you to utilize the products that they've developed so that your child's successful and you're successful in your homeschooling endeavors. So so definitely check out our website at spedhomeschool.com and see what those um, those sponsors have to share. And then next week, our focus is uh, we're going to continue on this theme of um, inexpensive homeschooling resources. And I'm going to have an occupational therapist on. And she's actually an old dear friend of mine who reconnected with me. And she said, Peggy, I had no idea you were doing this. <laughs> we used to work together with Mo at Mops International years ago. Um, but um, she actually patented a um, an occupational therapy tool. And one of her passions to speak about is Dollar Tree Occupational Therapy. So we're going to talk about how you can use Dollar Tree resources to do occupational therapy in your own home. And I'm super excited to have her on and to share with us. So, so you definitely don't want to miss that one either. So join us again next week. But, um, but thanks again, Melissa. It was a pleasure having you here. Everybody, make sure you check out her blog at pockethomeschool.com and all the resources she has on there. And, um, and yeah, it was a joy having you. <laughs> thanks, Peggy. So thanks, everybody. And um, we'll see you right here, same time, same place next week. And until then, have an awesome rest of your, your week and awesome rest of the day. Bye, everyone. <laughs>